Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. if I just continue in an attitude of worship for a minute before I share the word that God has placed on my heart. Greetings from my music ministry in Ghana, Relevance. They send their love to you. They can't wait to come and see you one day. Hopefully we'll get to do that next year. But uh, this is a song from our CD. You can. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's called You Are Good. So it's a Thanksgiving song. Praise the Lord. share the word, Lord God. Holy Spirit, you take over and share what you want with your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. You are wine intoxicating me. You are bread filling up my soul. You are milk nourishing my heart. You are meat, strengthening my bones. I have heard and I have known that you can change this heart of stone. I have tasted, I have seen that you are good. Sweeter than the honeycomb and all the things the world has shown. Water to my thirsty soul. You are good, you are one, intoxicating me. You are bread, filling up my soul. You are milk, nourishing my heart. You are meat, strengthening my bones. That you are good, sweeter than the honeycomb, and all the things the world has shown. What is to my thirsty soul? You are good, 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 you are good. You are good, you are good, you are good. 
He's so good, isn't he? Can you just give the Lord a praise? Hallelujah. This is Thanksgiving Sunday. I want to greet everyone online. I want to greet you at the hub. I wish you were here, but I hope you can feel me hugging you through the internet. Hugs go a long way, even virtually. Well, I was praying about Thanksgiving, and God just took me on this whole ride about gratitude. And I was like, whoa, hold up. And I just can't wait to share with you what I learned while studying to prepare to share bread, fresh bread, with you. Second Chronicles 29, verse 31 says, Then Hezekiah declared, now that you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord, bring your sacrifices and thanksgiving offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the people brought their sacrifices and thanksgiving offerings, and all whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings too. Now, the background of this is that Hezekiah has come into power at the age of 25. He's become king, and he realizes that something in Israel is off that the people had abandoned worshiping and praising God. They had gone off and done idolatry. The temple was run down and had defiled objects in it. So he calls together the um, priests and he says to them, listen, you guys need to do your duty. We've got to clean out the temple, get rid of all the defiled things. Um, the Lord is ignoring us and, and turning us over to our enemies because we're not right with him. And before we can bring any offerings into this place, any thanksgiving, any worship into this place, we have to cleanse ourselves, cleanse the sanctuary, and cleanse everything concerning him and come back into right alignment with God. And so a massive campaign was launched to restore the temple and everything was washed clean and all the things that were unclean or defiled were removed and hauled away and the offerings were prepared and presented to the Lord. And it was a magnificent time of giving thanks unto God. And that struck me. You know, uh, in, in America, they just had Thanksgiving. And all my friends were saying, oh, did you have Thanksgiving? I said, Thanksgiving is an American holiday, y'all. And so what did they talk about? All of them talked about how much they ate, how good the turkey was. I didn't hear anything about Thanksgiving until Giving Tuesday. 
which is a campaign that they have to get people to give to their organizations. And a friend even wrote me and said, did your ministry send out a giving Tuesday? I was like, I thought we were supposed to be giving thanks to God. What happened here? And so I started thinking about what, what is the true essence of thanksgiving? It, it, it's supposed to be an outpouring of gratitude to God. And so then I began to think about what does gratitude really mean? Gratitude is the quality of being thankful um, and a readiness to show appreciation for and return the goodness. Interesting. So it's not just about you saying thank you. It actually affects your posture, your actions, what you do. Can you be thankful and not grateful? I think you can. By definition, thankfulness is feeling pleased and relieved. Oh, I got what I wanted. Thank you. Gratefulness is showing appreciation for something that's been done or received. Being thankful is more about expressing like a feeling, like saying thank you when somebody opens a door. Now, think about it. Uh, when someone opens the door for you, we actually are on automatic with the thank you. We've been trained to say thank you. Do you remember what the person looked like two minutes after you walked through the door? No. You're not thinking about them. You're not thinking about how to reciprocate it. It's out of habit that we simply just say thank you. Now, I had to get into the psychology of this as well as the bibliology of this, if there's such a word, it's a Michelle word. It says that some psychologists categorize three types of gratitude as the first one is an affective trait. It's one's overall tendency to just have a grateful disposition, okay? The second one is a mood. It, it, it's a daily fluctuation in overall gratitude. You might feel grateful today. You might not feel so grateful tomorrow when life isn't going the way you want it to and you're wondering, what's up, God? What's up? Or number three, it can be an emotion, a temporary feeling of gratitude that one may feel after receiving a gift or a favor from someone. So what's the difference between gratitude and being grateful? Gratefulness is a state of being. It is a quality of being grateful that can provide you with a deeper, more unconditional and robust experience of gratitude. Unlike gratitude, gratefulness does not require that you wait for some outward circumstance to conform to your desires. Isn't that interesting? So gratitude is a quality, but gratefulness or being full of gratitude is a state of being. When we live in gratitude, this is foundational to us walking victoriously in life. It redirects our focus from our circumstances to the power of God at work in our lives. As we seek him, we find him moving powerfully and graciously, sustaining us and blessing us despite our limited humanity or our capacity to save ourselves from ourselves. Anybody out there need to be saved from themselves sometime? I know I do. Can I get a witness? It doesn't take God's goodness for granted because it's living in a state of gratefulness. Now, I want to take a look at like four approaches to gratitude or being full of gratitude, gratefulness. The first one is 
unconditional gratitude. Now, I have a friend. Her name is Caroline for these purposes. Caroline is closing in on 60. Caroline is still a virgin. Caroline is evil about it because she thinks that she should be married by now because after all, she has kept herself and lived holy for Jesus. So we have this conversation all the time that, mm, Caroline, you need to adjust your attitude a little here because your holiness is not a coupon to God for what you want. Your holiness is your way of thanking him for what he's already done for you. He actually doesn't owe you anything else. That doesn't go over very well in our conversations, but you know, I'm reminded of, 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 a, of one of my mentors who was having a, a serious, difficult physical issue and nobody, the doctors couldn't solve it and she could barely walk. And as she dragged her leg across the kitchen one day trying to serve me, I, it, she looked at me and she said, if God never heals me, if he never does another thing, he's already done enough. <sighs> They got me. I had to examine my own heart condition. Is my gratitude towards God unconditional? Or am I only grateful when he's doing what I want him to do? God said to Cain, change your attitude and you'll be blessed too. Sin is crouching at the door and desires to have you, but you must master it. And sometimes it's not anything you're doing physically. It's simply our state of heart. When gratitude doesn't make sense, God is still good. Gratitude is our response to God, not a response to our circumstances. I saw that on IG. I liked it, so I took it. The second one is authentic gratefulness or appreciation. This is not just lip service. Like I said, I think that thank you and sorry are the two most casually used phrases out of everything. Thank you. And I live in Ghana, so sorry. Oh, Ghanaians, you know what I'm talking about. It's always sorry. But, but are you really sorry? What are you sorry for? Tell me what you're sorry for so that I know that you know why you should be sorry and you're not going to do it again. Thank you works the same way. Thank you. Are you really thankful? What are you thankful for? I had a friend, I offended her. She got upset with me. And I said, I'm sorry. She said, you don't sound sorry. I was like, well, what does sorry sound like? You know, I got all up in my feelings. And so I had to humble myself and serve her so that she would know that my heart really was towards her. And I didn't want to offend her at all. Why do you say thank you? Why do you say I'm sorry? You need to understand why. You know, and, and trust me, saying thank you is the least that you can do for God. He says, my people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You see, because he's looking for action. Gratefulness should be backed up by action. Joyfully serving, even if we don't have what we want. Because there's an expectation that God is still on the throne and we trust him so much. We trust him with the timing and the process of what he's working out in our lives. Sometimes he's trying to still build capacity for your prayers. 
He says, yeah, I'm going to give it to them, but they're not ready for it, and they don't know that. So I'm going to finish building capacity in them, and then I'm going to give it to them. Do you trust him? Do you trust the process? Do you trust the timing? Do you know that he does all things well? Oh, there's so many songs we sing. Oh, for thousands tongues to sing. Oh, what can I render? All of this, but our actions are the thing that he's looking for the most. It's proof of our love, proof of our submission, proof of our gratitude to him. Gratefulness should have a, a, a posture to it. It walks with humility. That's why sometimes we can't be grateful. Because our pride says that we're entitled to certain things. And so as we humble ourselves before God, he no longer resists us. As he leans forward and sees our hearts filled with gratitude, no matter what. If you never give me that thing I asked for, I'm still grateful. Because as Doc said this morning, did you wake up? Did you breathe? You drove here? Hey, that's something. Somebody didn't get up this morning. Somebody's having trouble breathing. Someone wants to be in church and can't be here because of an ailment. And so there's so many things to always be grateful for. But we must humble ourselves and see our need for God in our lives in order to be humble. Why should I be humble? Because we are all an unholy mess. <laughs> you can laugh. It's true. We're all an unholy mess. Not worthy of the time of day. And yet, God went to the trouble to save us and reconcile us back to himself. He was so passionate about us that he had his son killed for us. Let's get grimy with it. I'm grateful for that. That I was unlovable and he chose to love me in my unlovable state. You were unlovable and he chose to love you in your unlovable state. Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There's an expectation that's attached to that. And so you're already grateful. You've learned how to dance in advance. It's coming. I don't know when. I don't know how. But hallelujah. It's on the way. And if it never comes, you know what? God is still good. And I give him praise. I give him glory. I give him honor. Psychologists say that there are three phases of gratefulness. First, feeling grateful for the good things. Secondly, expressing that gratitude. And thirdly, adopting new behaviors as a result of our gratitude. You see, the prerequisite for true praise and worship that conveys our gratefulness to God is sanctification. As they say in the hood, you got to come correct. It's a sign of respect and reverence, cleansing ourselves. Hezekiah said, everybody cleanse themselves, cleanse the temple, get rid of everything that God doesn't like before you come to say thank you. He does not want you having spiritual halitosis before God. Cleanse yourself completely. <laughs> I think sometimes our breath smells to God. They're saying hallelujah, but good Lord, their life stinks. Oh my God. Can I really accept this? 
Gratitude or gratefulness sets the stage for more blessings. The more we walk in humility and gratitude before God, the more he rubs his hands together and says, what can I do to bless them? Gratitude realigns us to be in right standing with God. It places us in the right position before him, like high heels. You know, ladies, I know the men might not be able to appreciate this one, but there's a difference in how we carry ourselves when we put on some high heels, right? When you're in your flats, you just kind of, your whole posture is like, you put on heels and you're like, mm, yeah. It changes your posture. Gratitude changes your posture before God and aligns you with him. And then it diminishes lack and magnifies all that we presently have. You see, when you start looking at what you do have, you see more and more of that than what you don't have. Gratitude begins with choosing a grateful mindset. It's a decision that you make. It's not automatic. It's something you have to work on daily and create as a habit, okay? It kills idolatry. You stop wishing for what you don't have because you're so focused on what you do have. Guess what? This is what scientists say about gratitude. In positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. You want to be happy? Get grateful. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. In short, gratitude can boost neuro stuff in your brain that creates dopamine, which is associated with pleasure. Gratitude. Studies have shown that feeling thankful can improve sleep, mood, and immunity. How about that? All these viruses floating around, gratitude still gets you shot, but gratitude. Gratitude can decrease depression, anxiety, difficulties with chronic pain, and risk of disease. Whoa. Timothy just put it this way. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Gratitude opens up the path for unconditional love to flow. And gratitude stimulates giving. So what's the significance of of giving in the midst of all of this gratitude? You cannot buy a blessing, okay? When we talk about sowing seeds, there is a law of reciprocation that what you put out, you come back. But the motivation cannot be to get. In gratitude, we give. God asks for our tithes and offerings because it's to test your heart, number one. So you can reveal what's ruling you. And then to keep up the sanctuary and support the work of the ministry, okay? Now, we give because we owe God everything, not just 10%. He's asking for a little bit. How much does a tax man want? In America, 33 and a third percent. So the world asks for more than God asks, even though it all belongs to him. We're grateful, and so we give offerings on top of our tithe. And because God asks us to give, we give as an act of submission to him. And the other thing is it just makes good business sense. 
It is an investment into the kingdom. Paul said, he wrote to the Philippians and he said, uh, you were the only church that supported me. And because of that, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That, that scripture is not for everybody. Okay? When he said it, he said nobody else had sent him money. But because they had, he was, he was praying for them, for their accounts to grow. Because they invested in what God was interested in, which was kingdom business. And so God is so gracious that he allows us to be a business partner with him. Investing in his kingdom and he gives us a return. Isn't that great? And he's not confined to, you know, just money. He can give you things in kind besides cash. Somebody can just give you a house, just give you a car, just, just give you something, right? Because you're a giver. And so he returns it to you. He doesn't want your offering if you're walking in offense now because, you know. So that shows you he doesn't need the money. He says, if you, if you walk in an offense, go settle thing with your brother before you bring your money here. I don't want it, I don't want it tainted with anything. But the bottom line is, it's an investment that we make into the kingdom. And God guarantees a return. Now, I want us to do a little exercise together now that we've put gratitude and gratefulness in perspective. As I said, Hezekiah did a cleansing first before he brought the thank you. And so I want to lead us in a time of repentance I'm going to say the line and you'll say, Father, forgive me. And then we'll move to Thanksgiving and you'll say, Father, I thank you. Is that okay? All right. Maybe we should stand for this. Let's stand. For the times that I offended you in thought, word, or deed, Father, forgive me. For the times that I offended or hurt my brother or sister in the body of Christ, Father, forgive me. For the times I compromised my walk of faith in exchange for gain, Father, for the times that I took my life into my own hands and disobeyed your word, Father, forgive me. For the times I doubted you and questioned your intentions towards me, Father, forgive me. For the times I yielded to my flesh and ignored your spirit, Father, forgive me. For the times I've not represented you well, Father, forgive me. For my prayerlessness, Father, forgive me for being distracted from reading and meditating on your word as I should. Father, forgive me for not loving you enough. Father, forgive me. Psalm 109.30 says, I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising him to everyone. So now we'll say, Father, I thank you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords for being who he is. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who remembered us in our weakness. Give thanks to him who saves us from our enemies. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who gives food to every living thing. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who hears us in our distress. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who heals our bodies. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who gives us breath 
and strength. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who provides all our needs. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who fathers the fatherless and befriends the friendless. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who is faithful even when we are faithless. Give thanks to him who loves us passionately and sacrificially. Father, I thank you. Give thanks to him who delivers us from darkness. Give thanks to him for his mercy and grace. Father, I thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Just lift your hands and just give him praise. Sometimes we just have to make ourselves stop and think about the goodness of God and how it, it, it affects our lives and who he is. Now, I just want to ask one thing. Perhaps there's someone here today who doesn't know the Lord on that intimate level and knows that they need Christ in their lives. They've been struggling with being grateful because life has been hard. They've been trying to do it on their own. And now there's one who will partner with you and pull you through. And you can cultivate that attitude of gratitude in his presence and see him move on your behalf. If that's you this morning and you say, I just need Jesus in my life. I need to cultivate an attitude of gratitude towards God. I need that relationship. If you'd raise your hand, I'd love to pray with you before I go. I'm not seeing any hands. Oh, one, two, yes. Praise God. Will you come? Come quickly. Let me pray. Anyone else? Come. Can't end a message without giving people a chance to know Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Because, because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Hallelujah. Are you feeling grateful today? Praise you, Jesus. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks. Because he's given Jesus Christ.
Father, we lift up these, your people who have come, recognizing that they have a need for you. Those online, those at the hub, and those present with us, we lift them up before you, Lord God, as we know that heaven is presently rejoicing, that they've said yes to the Lord, yes to your will, and yes to your way. Repeat this prayer with me, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you in all humility, acknowledging my sin, knowing that I need a Savior. Today I choose Christ as my preference, as my Lord, and as my Savior. Take me, take my life, and make it pleasing in your sight as I accept his Lordship and submit to it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.